This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. Joining me here in the Trine Broadcasting Network studios is Secretary of the Indiana PGA, Dean of the Trine University Kettner School of Business, and my boss, Kat Benson. Kat, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Pod. It's great to be with you today. So we're going to talk about all the great opportunities here at Trine, uh, both in the School of Business and with the Golf Management Program. But one of the goals of this podcast is to take a little bit more in-depth look at the, the business of sport. And I want to begin by talking about the golf industry overall. Uh, you've got a unique perspective in your time with, with the PGA, both on the state and, and national level, and just your career. So before we get into all that, tell us about your background in golf whether it be course management or a professional, and then how that led you to try. Okay, so I took the long route to get into golf. Uh, my dad started me playing when I was little, but I didn't get serious about it until my junior year of high school. Um, had a rough introduction. We didn't have a girls team in high school, so I had to play with the guys. Wow. Uh, so that really showed me some of the ins and outs of, of how it could be in the business. Uh, but after I graduated college, um, having played for four years and having had some neat opportunities, I had the chance to coach collegiately at Bethel College in Tennessee. And from there, I went to Richmond, Indiana, where I was the director of golf for two municipal courses. And then the the opportunity at Trine opened up, and it seemed like a really good fit. I love the teaching aspect, uh, but it also gave me a chance to continue to pursue my passion in golf. So here we are, and uh, I feel like I've got some neat opportunities even now to mentor students, uh, to work with some of my former colleagues in the golf business and, and have a unique perspective with looking at uh, people who are getting into the business, but also what employers want uh, in all different aspects of the game. Well, I, I think that's what gives, in my opinion, our golf management program a, a little bit of an advantage or, or a leg up. And we'll get into it a little bit later. But just with your contacts, you know, in your career in golf, I think being able to bring them on campus, we, we had Ted Bishop just a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a huge advantage for our students. So tell us about your role with the PGA. So currently I am the secretary of the Indiana PGA. That's a two-year position. From that, I will move to vice president for two years and then on to the president for two years. Uh, and as a, an officer of the board, I have the opportunity to work with all of the members of the Indiana PGA, both associates, head professionals, um, and everybody in between. But that also gives me um, a unique perspective with some of the national um, goings on. I, I've had a chance recently to meet people from other sections, uh, and we have a really neat network nationwide. Golf is a small business, and, and we're able to provide some really neat opportunities for our students. You know, we're in an area of the country where conceivably we can play golf maybe eight months out of the year. Sure. You know, we got eight inches of snow outside right now. So what's different? Is there anything different with Indiana and, and the PGA or, or how things operate as opposed to other states? Well, the biggest difference between the Indiana PGA and other states is that all of our golf functions in the state are run through one one house, if you will. Hmm. Um, so the Indiana Golf Foundation, the Indiana PGA, and a lot of the amateur events are run all through one administrative staff. 
Um, those things are all separate in other states, and, and Indiana is a leader in a lot of ways uh, for what's going on in the golf business. But yes, golf in Indiana is definitely seasonal, whereas it's not in Florida, California, some of the other places. Uh, but our students adjust, and, and some choose to, to travel throughout the year, and others take on roles that allow them to do things even in the winter months or when we're, we're down. So I want to talk about the industry as a whole, but, you know, kind of being located here in the Midwest, do we have a pretty dedicated group of golfers here as opposed, I mean, I know it's different. You talked about Florida and, and California, but, you know, on a per capita rate, I guess, do we have a pretty dedicated group of golfers? Is this a good area of the country? There are some diehards. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll find those anywhere. Uh, and Indiana has a pretty healthy uh, following, if you will, in golf. And lots of good jobs and job opportunities for our students and anybody who wants to get into the golf business. Uh, We're finding that there's a shortage right now of uh, people who want to work in the business. Um, They don't necessarily understand that some of the the work roles have changed, and it's not 14 hours a day, 365 days a year, uh, that there are some perks and and some good things to the business. And we definitely want to get that word out because it's paying off – just amazingly for our students. And that's one of the things I want to ask about later is are, are some roles for, for students or anybody who wants to work in the golf industry. Cause I'm assuming it's not just being a pro. Not at all. Okay. There are so many opportunities. You can be a head professional uh, and run your own facility. You can be a course owner. You can work in outside operations, um, greeting customers, doing some of those kinds of things. We have lots of students who want to get into club fitting, uh, others who want to do nothing but teach We've got sales reps that work for some of the major manufacturers. Uh, some really neat opportunities and, and jobs that weren't noted in the golf business years ago. So it's it's really neat. Perfect. And we'll talk about our alums coming up, so we'll have mm-hmm. a chance to kind of brag about our program. But as we think about the golf industry as a whole, you know, I, I'm... You, you've seen me play. I'm not a golfer, <laughs> but I, I like the game. I Doesn't enjoy mean the game. you don't have fun. That's right. I, I have a lot of fun. I'm not good in a scramble, but I'm fun. Um, you know, as we look at, at the industry as a whole on a wide scale, um, I'm looking at numbers. The last numbers I could find were from 2015. And it looks like, you know, we could call them a dedicated or regular golfers. This is about 24.7 million of them across mm-hmm. the country. And the number seems to stay static over the past decade. Um, are we seeing a decrease of growth in the game? Um, is there a chance for it to increase? Because, I mean, you kind of hear people aren't playing golf anymore or tennis or any of the quote-unquote country club sports. Is that true or is the uh, demise greatly exaggerated? Well, there have been ebbs and flows in golf, just like with any sport, any industry. Uh, but over the years, golf has started to change. It's a We all know golf to be a traditional game. Um, but some of the ways we provide golf to customers, uh, some of that's changing with shorter rounds, fewer holes being played, uh, ways to speed up the game, moving tees up, um, lots of unique programming for juniors, for families, for women, uh, seniors. There are programs for veterans now. PGA Hope is a huge uh, thing that, that golf is trying to encourage veterans to get involved. So it, it, it's changing. It's taken a little longer than some other industries, but um, hopefully we're going to see a resurgence and grow rather than just staying stagnant. And when I say golf industry, would something like Top Golf fit into that, or is that something completely different, more entertainment, kind of bowling but different? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of that depends on who you ask. Your okay. traditionalists would say that, that that is not 
that's not golf. Fair enough. Uh, but Top Golf does hire golf professionals. They have professional staff, PGA members, um, knowledgeable people that work at those places. And you know, if if you're a a golf supporter or an advocate, you can't help but appreciate the efforts to get people into the game, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't look like we're used to seeing. So, what have you seen, or what's being done, maybe on courses? from, you know, maybe just a local municipal level to maybe even up to the country club that's being done to, to get more people into the game? Well, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, some some unique programming. Uh, we've moved tee boxes up. We have created uh, lots of different programs to get people engaged. Some courses have tried a larger hole than the traditional cup really? size. Yeah. Um, they have done tons of junior programming. PGA Junior League nationally has has grown exponentially in the last few years. Uh, we're going to see in the next year or two some new family programs roll out, some new couples programming. Um, so we're going to see some new things to try to bring people in, in addition to just making it more fun. Mm-hmm. Courses themselves, local courses, are, are adding you know, dinner with events or, or the shortened events or just things on the driving range to get, get people excited. Okay. Does that affect kind of, you talked about the traditionalists, does that affect them a little bit or the player who's, who's really looking to improve and, and maybe make their high school team, maybe play college, uh, maybe playing college or, or even professionally, does some of that kind of affect those players or are we at a point it's like, you know, hey, we got to change as the times change? Well, to keep the courses and the facilities viable for those competitive golfers, you've got to bring in money and customers however you can. Mm-hmm. So it's important that some of the traditionalists embrace some of the new programs and ideas just to get people out. If the money and the support isn't there for facilities, they're not going to stay open. Now, is this are some of these directives, are they coming from the PGA or is it just a matter of, you know, we see what we got to do to stay in business? Uh, the PGA is a huge proponent of promoting golf in any way possible. Uh, and like I said, there's PGA Junior League, there's PGA Hope. Uh, the First Tee is largely supported by the PGA. I mean, there are so many PGA programs, but it's also up to your local facilities to adopt some of those programs, figure out how to implement those on a local scale, um, and then do their own, add their personal touches and their own tweaks and, and refinements to make those programs work for their customers. Okay. Very good. So, you know, kind of having an insider's point of view mm-hmm. with PGA, what are some things that you see that, that they're doing really well, um, whether it's to increase the game or, or really highlight the, the professional level? And, and maybe what are some things you see that, you know, they could be doing a little bit better? Well, um, there are lots of things that the PGA and, and other golf organizations do really well. Um, being aware that that we need to be innovative and create some of these new programs. They're putting a lot of funding behind sponsoring their their members and their facilities. Um, however, we also see right now a huge shortage in workers at all levels in the golf business, and we need to do a better job recruiting and telling the story of what life can look like working in the golf business. Does, you know, do topics like diversity play into any of that? You know, if you think about kind of the foundations of golf, you know, in, in Europe and even here in the United States, it was mostly by wealthy males. Um, are there drives to, to get more females involved in sport and, and make it more accessible to, to a wider range of people? Absolutely. So there's an entire department within the PGA now that is working on diversity and inclusion. Um, so part of that starts at, 
at the small like grassroots levels with kids, getting them into the first tee, exposing students in PE classes to golf. Um, Seth Wall, the current uh, CEO of the PGA of America, is he has a saying, and I know I'm going to mess it up, <laughs> but he essentially says we need to make the game look more like us and we need to look more like the game. Hmm. So he he's really pushing, and so is a lot of the staff, um, that we need to be more inclusive, whatever that means. Uh, programming, how we embrace and, and invite new members, uh, lots of ways we can go about doing that. So I, I, can, I can think of the question in my head, but I'm not going to say it right. But, you know, does a guy like Tiger Woods play into that? Like, I know when Tiger was playing and, and he was really on top, I wouldn't miss a tournament. Sure. And I think it, it, you know, maybe it got me out to play a little bit more than I would have. You know, do we need him back and really need to showcase him? Or, or are there other guys or, or even ladies on the LPGA Tour that, you know, maybe have that charisma that can, that can really put a shot in the arm of the game? I tell my students all the time, um, there is no doubt that the Tiger effect is important to the game. Mm. When he's playing, you see more people at the courses. You see more people buying merchandise. Um, it's it's inevitable. Um, so whether you like him or not, whether you agree with everything he's done, that's mm. neither here nor there, but he's had a tremendous effect on the game, on the purses, on participation, and on excitement around it in general. So somebody has some big shoes to fill if they're going to try to step up and take that that type of advocate role on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I say and kind of joke, but, you know, golf's just more, more it's just much more fun <laughs> when, when he's playing well, right? And, you know, personal peccadillos aside, sure. <laughs> um, he, he was just, it's just fun to kind of see somebody that dominant mm-hmm. in, in, in any space because it's just. And know, as we get older, it's good to see somebody more our age vying for titles and, and doing some of what he's still able to do, so. Uh, it, it keeps the hope alive that <laughs> with 30 years of more hard sure. work, I could, uh, I don't know, maybe break 100. Um, <laughs> so tell us about the Trine Golf Management Program. Um, kind of uh, give your, your sales pitch on, on what we do here at Trine and um, what kind of jobs do our alums get into out of here? So we don't have a traditional, from the PGA perspective, um, traditional golf management program. But we offer something, in my opinion, and in uh, the words of several other people who have visited our program, as well as PGM programs, uh, we offer something even better. So our students are getting their hands dirty. They're, they're doing some of these things. They're giving lessons to members of the community, to faculty, to other students. They are repairing clubs and doing fittings and doing all of these hands-on things, um, whereas some other students don't have exposure to that. Uh, in addition, we all of our golf management students have to do internships. Um, they, just like with jobs right now, they have, have a large selection. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in super high demand, and, and some of them are going to some really neat clubs. Our alums we're super, super proud of. We have so many success stories. Uh, I recently had to update my list of where, where all of our alumni are. And it's amazing some of the things they're doing. We have um, a young man that was just hired down at Valhalla Club, the PGA club in Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. Uh, we've got another young man that just moved back to Indiana to be the head professional at Chatham Hills. Um, he had been in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we've got students who are tour reps for Callaway and Titleist and Footjoy. Uh, we've got we've got 
alums all over the place. And that creates a really, really, really neat network for our current students. Is there going to be an opportunity to get some alums into Augusta National and maybe be able to get some of their (laughs) favorite faculty members tickets? Well, I had one young man that thought he was close and I told him um, I had first dibs on on the first group he brought out. But uh, we haven't broken into Augusta yet. Uh, But we've got some really great stories to tell and our students are doing amazing things. It's one of the reasons I'm really nice to the golf management majors, just in that <laughs> off chance we get that one. But, um, so we, we've talked about kind of the, the jobs our alums, our, our alums are taking, but we also have the Tee It Up Tried mm-hmm. uh, program here. And tell us a little bit about that and, and how our students are involved. So Tee It Up is a a student organization that focuses on golf enthusiasts. You don't have to be a golf management major to participate, uh, but we just try to generate excitement about the game. We do some events ourselves out on the the course just to help the students remember why they love the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do junior clinics. We do some lessons. We we take the students to some other facilities to see what's out there. Um, Some of them have a very limited perspective coming in of what golf courses and clubhouses and memberships look like. Uh, So we try to take them to different types of facilities to see what else is out there and what they might want to do. You know, I I think that brings up a really good point. What is the difference from when um, you've got a student who's a senior getting ready to graduate and then they've been in the field for a year and they come back and, you know, they're talking to the undergrads and saying, hey, this is what I thought it was going to be, but this is what you need to prepare yourself Mm -hmm. when you get into the field. Well, hopefully we've closed that gap a little bit through internship experience, mm-hmm. uh, and we we bring in a lot of speakers and a lot of people to tell the students what it's going to be like before they graduate, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's still no preparation for adulting, if you will. Um, <laughs> it's, it's awesome to have some support out there um, when they find things that they have questions about or they aren't sure. We have an alumni network that they support each other. I had a fellow golf professional in Indianapolis last summer tell me, you know, it's amazing to watch these students support each other, even though they're all working at different facilities. Mm-hmm. They, they surround each other. Um, they help with advice, uh, all kinds of support. And it's, it's really neat to know that we helped facilitate that. And what are the things that our sport management students have gotten into with their capstone and and certainly with help from the golf management program? One of our biggest fundraisers, KSB Open, Mm -hmm. is on April April 17th 17th at 1.30. And the Zollner course here in the Trine campus. So Mm -hmm. do you want to make a pitch for that and and maybe (laughs) um, how people can can get involved, whether they want to play or even if a a business is listened and, and they want to sponsor? Absolutely. Tons of ways to get involved. So the KSB Open started pretty small years ago, uh, but we have since turned it into a capstone project that gives our students a chance to work on event management and learning how to uh, pound the pavement and solicit some sponsorships and get people involved. Um, This event is fun. It's run by our students. A lot of our students participate just to let people know what we have going on in the Kettner School of Business. So it's $100 $100 per person, $400 per team if someone's interested in participating. Um, you don't have to be a good golfer. We have those who are just <laughs> out there for the, the socialization factor, and that's that's amazing. Um, but we have lots of people in the community who love getting to know our students, love to participate in these events, and, and want to get involved. So this is a neat way for us to showcase what our students are capable of and involve community members. 
So your role as the as the dean here of of the School of Business. Not mm-hmm. only do you are you running the golf management program, uh, but you see all oversee all the programs uh, in the business school here at Tri. So you know one of the last things we'll talk about is is just for you to kind of give a pitch of the of the School of Business and for any potential students that are that are listening to this or, or potential employers. Um, why do they need to take a look at Tri? Trine is special in so many ways. Uh, Yes, we're a small campus. Yes, we're a close-knit community. But we offer so many opportunities for students that that they don't get elsewhere. Um, The faculty, I've never seen a more passionate faculty about their students. Um, They've all got real-world experience to draw on and share with students. Uh, And then the students get their hands dirty even in classes. They get to do some projects for employers. They get to uh, experience these things before they get out in the real world. So in a in a phrase if you will they can mess up and not be penalized for it during their (laughs) college years so some of the mistakes that that many of us made in our first couple of years of employment out of college um, our students are able to work through some of those issues before they get out into the real world and it doesn't jeopardize uh, their employment Um, but we've got clubs and organizations we've got programs that supplement what the students are doing in the classroom. We've got P-squared, where we're building power skills for all of our business students. Uh, we're, we've got a pretty good um, finger on the pulse of what employers and, and industry needs from our students. And I feel like we do a really good job of telling that story and helping our students be as prepared as possible for, for their careers. Well, to your point, our producer is a KSB student, and, yes. and he's getting this opportunity. And, and I think that's the fun part, being a, right. a KSB faculty member myself. It's just kind of the relationships we have with students. And I mm-hmm. just said, hey, I, I sent Trent an email and said, you want to help me with a podcast? <laughs> he said, sure, I'll do it. So, And that was just a result of, you know, in our advising appointment, just kind of talking and seeing what right. he wanted to do as a career. And, and, and here he is with a, a worldwide podcast. Well, <laughs> and students get that. They see that we're all in this together and that we're willing to work with them. And in return, the students pitch in and do some, some really neat things that you don't always see other places. Uh, I've worked at another university and it, it definitely was not, not the same type of atmosphere. There was not the same interaction between students and faculty and it, it makes for a really, really dynamic learning environment. Absolutely. So uh, if anybody wanted to contact you to learn more about the golf management program, the School of Business, or, or the KSB Open, uh, is there a, a website that they could go to to learn a little bit more about us? What's your phone number? They can call you. <laughs> no, they can call um, They can call the business school. Um, my phone number is 260-665-4761. They can email me anytime at Benson, B-E-N-S-O-N-C, at trine.edu, um, or they can just call the general trine number and they'll put us in, in contact. Uh, and know that there's there are so many ways that anybody can get involved. If you're not a student, but you want to get involved with students, if you think you could be a good mentor, or you can financially support some of our programs, there are a million ways to get plugged in. Uh, we just want people to get plugged in, whatever that looks like and whatever capacity they have. And accordingly, if you find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for the uh, Trine Center for Sports Studies, we'd be happy to get mm-hmm. you in touch with uh, with Professor Benson or myself to to get you enrolled in the in the KSB Open or get you some more information Absolutely. about the School of Business or the Golf Management Program. Uh, well, Kat, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Pod. This was great. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We're off for a few weeks during spring break, but we will return on Friday, March 13th with the guest, Dr. Chelsea Day. Dr. Day is a sports psychologist at Ohio State University, and we will discuss the growing field of sports psychology. That does it for today's podcast. We'd like to say a special thank you to student producer Trenton Roberts for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like this Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.